Hello and welcome to another episode of Sign Your Spiritual Indicator for Growth Now, part of the SpiritPod.net Spiritual Podcast Network. I am your host, Sherbil Tadros, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about prayer. A very interesting thing happened this week. Because of the spread of the coronavirus, pilgrimage trips to Mecca have stopped. A lot of other religious services have also been cancelled. It's as if people have started to realize that this type of prayer that they are doing is not really effective. But what can make prayer effective? How can we pray in a way that gets our prayers answered? In this episode, we're going to talk about 7 secrets to get your prayers answered. This is based on my book, Seven Secrets to Get Your Prayers Answered, which is available on Amazon and Kindle. The meaning of each person's life is not defined only with our personal achievements and successes. Instead, it is defined by the struggles we overcame and how we broke out of them victoriously. Unfortunately, it is not always that we can overcome certain struggles in our lives. Sometimes, some boundaries may look insurmountable or just plain impossible, because we have no control over them. That's when things get tough, and we resort to prayer. In 2013, I was teaching a year 7 class, back in Lebanon. Some of you may remember the wave of kidnappings that swept over the country at that time. Almost everyone knew someone who had been affected by it. Naturally, those who were most affected by such events were school students whose peers got kidnapped. I was teaching English to a grade 7 class when we received the news that a friend of theirs, who's a 12-year-old boy, was kidnapped in the early morning. A wave of panic erupted, followed by sadness and tears, which is the most natural response to such an event. Obviously, my students would be the most affected by it, because the kidnapped boy was a very close friend to most of them. Even though the teachers tried, little or no studying was done during the remainder of the day because of various counselor interventions and assemblies. Being one of their favorite teachers, or that's what I'd like to think, they opened up to me most as they spilled all their worries and fears. The students' thoughts were completely negative. They were all afraid that he would be hurt, or worse. Most of all, they felt absolutely powerless. They wanted to do something but couldn't, and that drove them even deeper in sorrow, worry, and fear. That's when my intervention happened, and I taught them to pray. Now when we talk about prayer, we don't mean religious prayer. It is a type of method of consciously affecting your environment with the power of your thoughts. Some people call it positive thinking, others call it the law of attraction. But... For simplicity's sake, we're going to call it prayer. We all do it all the time, but it's quite random, which is why we barely see any results. So we begin with the first secret. It's quite a simple secret. And it's summarized in this short expression. Where attention goes, energy flows. Everything in the universe is made of energy. From the smallest speck of dust, to the 
biggest galaxy, everything is made of energy. And everything that connects everything to everything is also energy. It's the same energy. So when we pay attention to something, we're actually sending energy towards it. Second secret would be something that we studied in physics in grade 7 or 8. It's the fact that an object which has energy can accomplish work. And the more energy it has, the more work it can do. The same applies to people. When we have energy, we feel good and can do a lot of work. But when we don't have energy, we feel heavy, we feel tired, we feel like we don't want to do anything. The problem here is that sometimes we have energy and sometimes we don't. How we gain or lose energy is secret number three. The energy we lose is usually taken by other people that I call energy vampires. By behaving in a way which makes us pay attention to them, people try and make us give them our energy. In the Celestine Prophecy, James Redfield explains these behaviors beautifully and calls them control dramas. For example, there are people whose drama is called poor me because they keep talking to us about their misery so that we feel pity for them. Pity is a form of attention. And when we feel it, attention flows to that person. Also, there are people whose drama is called aloof because they like to sit alone so that people come and try to open conversations with them to cheer them up. Also, this cheering is a form of attention and it makes your energy flow out. It's easy for you to find out who the energy vampire in your life is. They make you feel tired and heavy. They might be your best friends, but the way they deal with you is draining. They take your energy from you. When you know who they are, try to consciously give them energy. If this doesn't work, Gradually, take them out of your life or limit your interactions with them. Another problem here is that you may be the vampire. In order to avoid this, have more walks and meditations in nature. This will help you store up on energy instead of taking it from others. The fourth secret is about breaking the boundaries of reality as we know it. We have been doing it forever now, but we rarely ever see it because it's on a very small scale. As we said in secret number one, your energy goes where your attention goes. And in secret number two, something that has energy can do work. So when you energize something or some event, you give it more energy to actually work or to actually happen. Quantum physicists were able to observe how our thoughts affect certain events through the power of observation and attention in experiments such as the double slit experiment. You can see more about that on the what the bleep do we know movie. Moreover, they found out that during events of global significance, such as the 9-11, a royal wedding, or any other important international event, random number generators, who usually yield results of 50-50, change their output and may go up to 70-30, or even more. They stop from doing just 0-1-0-1-0-1 or just a 50-50 chance, they become maybe 70-30 or maybe 80-20. This information will be very valuable for us once we understand this next secret. We've all had people tell us to think positive, and we usually disregarded their advice. What's the difference between the word safe and the word unharmed? Grammatically, there is no difference. 
However, energetically, the difference between these two words is the same between black and white. They may be the same thing grammatically, but energetically they are exact opposites. This is due to the fact that in the word safe, attention is given to safety, whereas in unharmed, the central focus of the thought is harm, which is the opposite of what we actually want. And that's where my students were struggling. They were thinking of all the bad things that could happen to their friend, and therefore were energizing these events. By helping them to understand this secret, they were able to start breaking out of the boundaries created by negative mentalities and move towards a more positive thinking process. This allowed them not only to send energy towards the safety of their peer, but also to lift up their own spirits. The bottom line here is that positive thinking is a win-win situation. You can't go wrong with it. This, coupled with secret number four, will help us move to secret number six. The change in the random number generators during global events, so if many people focus on the same thing at the same time, more energy is sent towards that thing or event. This means that the chance of that event occurring increases. Unfortunately, this secret has been wrongly applied, especially in Lebanon. People complain about the same things and problems all the time. This means that they are sending energy to negative things, which increases their negativity and makes them even worse, creating a vicious cycle. We complain about electricity, roads, work, etc. And guess what? They just keep getting worse. What we should do here is shift our perspectives to the good things. It can start right here. If we start focusing on the good things, these good things will keep getting better. If each one of us shares this secret with another person, that doubles the positive energy. Yes, we may be struggling to survive in Lebanon, or anywhere in the world for that matter, but focusing on the negative side will only make it worse. Instead, when we think about the good things, we make them better, and we don't depress ourselves. For secret number seven, I want you to remember the Sistine Chapel paintings. Remember the first time you looked at them. Remember the feelings that they created in you. This is secret number seven. It's a four-letter word that we use very often. Love. In my dictionary, love is an acronym for lots of valuable energy. When you do something with love, you give it energy. Now that energy stays in your work, just like paintings by Da Vinci or Michelangelo or songs by any of your favorite singers. These things are done with love. They love what they do, and so their work is energized. With the energy in their work, people will naturally be more attracted to it and will contribute even more to that person's success. And this is secret number seven. When we do something with love, we fill it with energy, and that energy stays inside it. So to summarize, energy flows where attention goes. This energy will enable things and events to work more. The problem is that our energy is very volatile and changes hosts often, based on how they take it from the people around them. Also, energy enables us to affect the world around us through the power of our minds. So if we think positive, we affect the world positively. And if we get the people around us to join us in our positive prayers, we can increase the chances of making them come true. And last but not least, love. 
is lots of valuable energy, and it's the main reason behind the success of people. Going back to our story, after the students started their positive prayer campaign by changing their thoughts and displaying positive images, the mood of the whole class changed and became a lot more positive. And that's not all. A few days later, their friend was back among them, safe and sound, with no signs of any psychological trauma. Through the combined energy of their positive prayers and continuous affirmations, these 12-year-old students were able to break the boundaries of reality and with prayer brought forward the events they wanted. Now before you start praying, there is a disclaimer. Prayer without active work is like wanting to win the lottery without buying a ticket. Positive prayer will get you halfway there by arranging events to suit your goals but will not drag you there. You have to go there yourself. It's like the story of the missionary who went to teach prayer to Indian farmers when a flood started. So he started praying to God to help him. A guy passed by with a mule and offered a ride, but the missionary refused it, claiming that God will save him. The water got higher and higher, and then a man in a boat came, but the missionary also refused. The same happened with a helicopter. Eventually, the missionary drowned and met up with God in heaven. He asked him why he didn't come for help. God told him that he did send him help. It was he who refused to get it. It's the same thing with prayer. It will bring you the opportunities you need, but it's up to you to grab them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sign, part of the spiritpod.net spiritual podcast network. Make sure to subscribe and share.